0: Candace Parker is along with us tonight. And moments
1: ago, Kristen Ledlow. Parker, what a look inside. Kristen Ledlow is on our sideline with the terrific
0: Candace Parker. I'm Kristen Ledlow. I'm Candace Parker. And this is Ledlow and Parker. I'm excited about this episode in particular. Two of my favorite all-time teammates. Oh, you? Feelings mutual, Kristen. Candace Parker. And of course, Grant Hill is our guest
2: gonna be excited. We're gonna talk a little March Madness, inside little nerds. stuff, a little inside stuff. We're gonna get to all of it. Who's the favorite teammate? Will we find out on this episode?
0: I like that right there, that's a teaser. Good setup. First, it's time for that's what we said. That's, that's what we what said. We...
2: <laughs> I will handle it with dignity in class. You certainly messed up a lot more than I did. I think all of us just wanna
0: leave the league better than we came into it. And that's what we said. That's what we said. <laughs> that's what we said. <laughs> that's <what> we said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got to roll a clip from, well, speaking of favorite teammates, Charles Barkley made headlines again this week, uh, criticizing, or you know what, analyzing Draymond Green's game. We need a segment where it's like, that's what Chuck said yeah. every week. I like that even good. more. All right, roll it.
1: Yeah, this normal triple single. <laughs> <laughs> Golden State. Why are you on him so hard? <laughs> don't encourage him. Come yeah. on, wait. No, no, man. He talks all that stuff when he got them other boys with him. What As boy? he got out there and fight for himself, he just don't want to play. Let me a break. <laughs> Y'all better quit telling me who can play and who can't play. I know who can play. All right,
0: I'm with Ernie. Uh, don't encourage him, because then this happens. Draymond's response.
1: Barkley should stop before I go take his job, though. So I can do that well, too. He already didn't make enough money playing, so he need that job. He should stop yeah. talking to me. I like to, you know, tendency to end people. So he should stop before I take his job. Mm-hmm. Not too. Yeah. though. If he keep talking, uh, you know, I'll take you soon. Sooner than he thinks. Still, he probably should be quiet. He also can't talk basketball with me either. Not smart enough, not qualified. No rings, can't at that this time.
0: <laughs> the magic of Charles. The players tend to not only take it personally, but make it really personal as well, because you got to know that Charles isn't going to quit. He comes back with this.
1: He's like the guy in the boy band who's the least important number. <laughs> And he think he think the crowd is like cheering for him. He doesn't realize he's standing next to Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, he's the least famous person in the boy band, and he thinks he's a star. So he's, he's Joey. Not. He's Joey Fatone. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna talk about Joey. I know Joey. Okay, is a Lance Bass. He's Lance Bass. <laughs> We're not gonna something about it. But he's like in the boy band, who's lucky to be in the boy band, and like he think all the girls are screaming for him. And like, no, they're screaming with Justin Timberlake. You're just in the band. Enjoy being in the band because you're never going to have any hit singles. Uh, but that's, But he's a nice guy. I like messing with him. Um, I do. I like messing with him.
2: But he, first of all, he, he, he don't have a face for TV. <laughs>
0: he's got a face for radio. <laughs> first and foremost, I'm glad that Justin Timberlake came up and I didn't bring him up. Charles The first did. on the show. Yeah, well, <laughs> and there's going to be another one. Spoiler alert. Fair. Too sensitive, perhaps? Uh, not Charles, of course. We know he's not. He fires back and has fun with it. Draymond, though? <sighs> Too
2: sensitive? Draymond is known for his trash talking.
0: As is Charles. And
2: But my thing is, you got two clashes of the Titans in what they do. The trash talking Titans. You like that? That could be like some type of segment.
0: Or even a t-shirt. T-shirt.
2: But if you think about it, that's what Draymond is known for. And, you know, we saw even what happened with Paul Pierce, which is one of the best trash talkers ever, and how that silenced him. I don't know if there's many trash talking debates. I think there's a whole entire episode of Draymond trash talking. And so you got to kind of, it's got to hit a nerve for him when he feels like Chuck got the better of him. Because you got to admit, like triple single, that's pretty funny. It's
0: very funny. And then it got personal. I think Draymond made it personal first.
2: Do two wrongs make a right, (laughs) Kristen?
0: No, but they make for good television. (laughs) Which is what Chuck wants. This, though, reminds me of one of my favorite Justin Timberlake stories. Oh, gosh. (laughs) But okay, hang on. It involves Charles and it also involves Draymond in a way. 2018 Western Conference Finals are on TNT. The Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors. Charles says, this is not going to be a series. It's going to be a sweep. The Warriors are sweeping the Rockets on their way back to another NBA Finals appearance. And I had been following very closely Justin Timberlake's Man of the Woods tour, of course, and found out that he was going to be in Houston the night before what would have been a Game Five. So that means the Rockets have to win at least one of these first four for us to be in Houston on that night. So after Charles says that, I pull him aside after the postgame show and I say, okay, how about this? If the Rockets win even one, you have to take me to see Justin Timberlake that night before game five in Houston. He said, all right, that's, you know, like, he, he said, okay, he reluctantly agrees, but just assumes there's no way it comes up. So then I, as the unbiased reporter I am, am actively rooting for the Rockets to win at least one of them so that we can go see JT. Well, sure enough, they end up winning one of them, and I don't even remember which one it was or where it was at that point. Doesn't matter. But Doesn't matter. Right after the postgame show, Charles walks down to the court and... I had been on the sidelines and I had been was waiting for Charles to waiting to see Charles. And I say, okay, you have to remember, you said that we were going to go see Justin Timberlake and we made the bet and, and the Rockets won. And now we, and he was like, all right. He was like, no, I remember. I already sent a text message during the post game show. I'm working on tickets. And I was like, no, I was like, who did you text? And he was like, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> That is the best. And we went. He took not only me, but every single woman that was on the road with TNT during that Western Conference final to see Justin. And Justin looks up to our box during the show and says, what's up to Charles and his friends?
2: That is the best.
0: So I actually have to thank not only Charles for that Justin Timberlake experience, but for Draymond, you know, for at least losing one of them. (laughs) It went on to work out okay for them that season. It did. Yeah. But going back, I mean, we obviously know Chuck
2: at, on a personal level.
0: Right. I do think Draymond, we've been though, on, on a personal level exactly, as well. Exactly, but I don't think
2: we've been under the attack of Draymond or Chuck. And no. so to, to, to Chuck's defense in all of this, if he needs a defense, which I don't think he ever does, he honors his bets. <laughs> yeah. And he also honors that if he's going to come at you. No, he will double down. He will double down. So right. I think that's what we can kind of take from this. Yeah, he's not retracting any statement. No, and he's going to, and if you keep pushing him it's going
0: to happen even more. However, if Draymond wants one of these jobs, I think he's probably doing it the right way. It's very true. Stir up a little (laughs) controversy. To be the best, you got
2: to beat the best, right? But at what point does it become personal? I think it was
0: that point. (laughs) I think it already hit that point. (laughs) I'm saying,
2: at what point does it become... Because I do believe that we should keep our criticism to on the floor. As a player, you know, it is difficult to have people critiquing everything you do. And now everybody has a voice. So everybody feels like anybody on Instagram or Twitter can tweet or Instagram at you or DM you or whatever. And, when, and where I draw the line is when it becomes personal. I don't think that that's professional. Do you so, think
0: that there's a line that should have been drawn on either side then during this little debacle? I don't know if it became
2: extremely personal. no. And that's the thing. I think that there are levels to this.
0: Right. Charles says Draymond had his regular triple single. Draymond comes back and says that he can't have this conversation without any ring. Charles comes back and says, you think that you're being cheered for. However, you're part of a boy band and you're standing next to Justin Timberlake. All of that is somewhat on court related. Just so sad. We've gone from the 90s to Twitter beef. (laughs) Like
2: this is really like East Coast, West Coast. Like that was beef. Now this is like. Comedy, and I'm here for it, Kristen. I am absolutely
0: (laughs) here for it.
1: Grant Hill, what a superstar! Grant Hill with the block goes up top and jams it. Hill, whose dad was a football player, finds Christian Leitner with a 50-foot pass, and he puts it in from 15 for the game-winner. Duke has won its first national championship. I'm
0: so excited. He's the Hall of Famer. He's the NCAA's most iconic face and haircut. <laughs> a 20-year NBA veteran, and most importantly... My former Inside Stuff co-host, Grant Hill, in the building.
1: Hey, I am so excited to be here. We're big fans so of your excited. shows and big fans of both of you with your careers and broadcasters. And and uh, so I, I have I'm, I've made it. I'm here. I, I, I bugged you guys a, a <laughs> number of times throughout the year. No. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: The reason that I'm even here, like inside of this building, is because of you. I didn't think that I would get this job ever. I just wanted to meet Grant Hill. Oh, there you go. I asked for an audition to meet Grant Hill and was specifically told not to hug you.
1: (laughs) This is, I need more. So, okay. First of all, that's very kind of you to say uh, about being here. You are extremely talented and would have been here on your own, but we went through the rehearsals for Inside Stuff. And I won't mention the other um, candidates. It
0: wasn't Candace.
1: It wasn't Candace. No, Candace was still playing. (laughs) But there were other people who I'm sure you know who, who, um, and I- no offense, Kristen, but at the time I didn't, I didn't know Kristen. No. I, I wasn't familiar with her work. But like and, by
0: a lot was the least known, the, the nobody of the group easily.
1: Yes. And you came the in. the
0: nobody. Be yep. careful.
1: Well, no, but there are others that were had a bigger profile at that point in time. And See, it was fair. But
2: No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> like, I, I no, just said it in a different way. Like, yeah, no,
1: no, I don't mean to be, I mean, it's, the, it's the reality, but she came in and owned it mm-hmm. and just like was amazing. And it was like, she's the one. Like it was unanimous. Everyone felt that way. And uh, it was awesome. And then you come in and, you know, you've killed it.
0: But I kind of thought that that, maybe played in my favor that I didn't think that I would get the job because instead I was like, all right, this is the one day that I get to spend in this iconic building, right. in this iconic studio, and I'm going to not hug Grant. And I'm like, if this is the one day I get to
1: spend here, I'm going to have a good time. Well, Kristen, after that one day, I thought it'd be my one day because <laughs> I was so bad in the, uh, in the rehearsals and the, in the whole process. But I will say this, look, that was an amazing time for both of us. And it, and, and it really sort of started our broadcast career here at Turner NBA TV, and Kristen was so experienced. I mean, she had gone to school for this, had studied it, had already had experience on radio, on television. I had no idea, Candace, (laughs) what I was doing, and I learned so much just from watching her, uh, how she took the teleprompter and the script and put it into her own words and really just kind of owned it, and so for me, it was just Getting those reps, working with Kristen really helped. Because I, for the first couple months, <laughs> I, I was reading to tell yeah, this is NBA inside stuff. And, uh, I'm like,
0: you can read, yeah, right? Yeah, I can get read it. a little bit. Yeah, but-
1: you wouldn't have known the first few shows. <laughs> well, but- to,
2: to tag off of that, I watch the show, clearly. And then I get a call that I think you're out of town. So I filled in for you. On Inside Stuff. Well, because they came to me every
0: March. Of course, we're talking to you now because it is March and we'll get into March Madness. But they would ask me in February of every year, who are the few people that you would like to co-host alongside? And the few years ago that it was, I said Candace Parker, like just see if she just see if she's available, see if she'll make the trip. They also told me not to hug her. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) But then Candace came in and that was, I think, our first time working together, too. And her first time. It was the first time here. Anything and
2: here, right. So we're all connected.
1: It's like your the inside six degrees. stuff is bringing everyone together. Yeah. Yes. And now Candace and I work together every Monday night. Right. And so it's... uh and
2: we're, you know, the Ledlow-Parker thing. Yeah, our no, show, hey, so. hey yeah. We didn't didn't have we, had, we
1: didn't have mugs like this. We That's have merch. Right. I mean, we have we
2: merch. merch. Okay. Like, uh-huh. we're, you know, right, we're trying right. to do some stuff here. I like that. It right. is
0: awesome, though, to see how far your broadcast career has taken you from those days of learning how to read a teleprompter. And then his very first ever NBA game on TV. TNT. I'm watching from home, and I get a message, and it, you know, says a text message from from Grant, and I'm like, is he not live on this game right now? <laughs> I open the text, and it says, what am I supposed to do with my hands? Like, <laughs> you know what? It's a fair question, and that's not the kind of thing they address before they put you
1: out there. That that is true. That is true. And like I said, I leaned on Kristen a lot for advice. And one thing I'll say, I, you know, I, I, I must confess here, and I don't want to get us in trouble, but. Early on, <laughs> um, I learned, first of all, I struggled. And I also learned that Kristen was just an avid Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears fan. Yes. And so that's somehow oh, I've
2: gotten that yeah. from, from the show. She's a couple also times. Oh, you've that. learned that too. Yeah, okay. That's yes. the music that's played before yes. we start recording. Yeah,
1: it was every, yeah. Anytime it was Timberlake, Britney, whatever. So I'm reading this article one day, and Justin Timberlake takes a shot of whiskey before every performance. Mm-hmm. just to loosen up a little bit and be able to go out and perform. So I said, aha. Him too? Oh, that right, will help.
0: Right. Sorry. <laughs> no, we too. thought right.
1: this could be effective. So I started taking shots before we taped Inside Stuff. This and is Kristen a true story. And another uh, executive here, I won't mention who he is, E-Jack. <laughs> um, but we all were taking shots at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning.
0: Well, So what we would do is get the coffee flavored Yes, patron. Because patron. it's like, well, wake it's coffee. Yeah. You wake up. You go. I think those are some of our best shows. Yeah, no question. And We started finding reasons to celebrate.
1: And then the problem was we started taking shots after the show. Well, yeah. And next you know, <laughs> you know, problem? nine a.m. You're. <laughs> now no that's problem. the inside that's stuff. That's the inside <laughs> stuff right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I digress. as
2: a viewer, nobody knew. Everybody <laughs> yes. thought you just.
0: Or they might were have just... thought it was even better.
1: Yeah. Or <laughs> well, they just were really silly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that. like Are yeah. they like this all the time? Yeah. But you now, the lead analyst for the NCAA tournament and March Madness, as you take on these next couple of weeks, what are you most excited about?
1: You know what? Uh, it, it, it's a whole lot of fun. And, and Candice obviously works uh, in the tournament as well in the studio, but there's just a wonderful spirit about the college game and the relationship that that uh, fans and, and, and alumni have with their school and uh, it's a nice sort of three-week departure during the season to sort of focus in on on college basketball and the sport. And um, it, it's you know I work with Jim Nance and yeah. Bill Raftery. I mean these are icons in the game and they're great people. Just like you, Candace, and Kristen, they're just uh, warm and and they're 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 teammates and and want to see everyone do well. Um, but it's fun. I mean it's just look I I fell in love with basketball watching the tournament. And 1982, when Michael Jordan hit that shot against Georgetown, that's when I, that inspired me. And at that point, I said, yes, first of all, 1982, I know I'm old, Kristen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've
0: mentioned it several times yes. in our journey together.
1: Yes. Um, but, you know, just following from that moment on and then having the good fortune to be able to play in three Final Fours. And Wait, now,
0: then why not UNC if that's the moment that inspired you?
1: That's a good question. Um, I was a diehard Carolina fan. And, um, but the brotherhood is churning. Wow. I was, I grew up a Carolina fan. Everyone from back home in high school, elementary school, like they would have thought that if I was to to one day be good enough, I would go to Carolina. And I'll tell you this a little over 30 years ago, I saw the light (laughs) and my life changed forever. knew something was about to, Kristen, Kristen he was going to lead us
2: down this path.
1: It's not too late. You can have that same feeling as well.
2: Wow. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna bring it back. Because I listen, on every Monday night show, somehow the brotherhood is mentioned. It could be a team that doesn't even have a dookie on the floor. And somehow he's going to be like the brotherhood's connected in some type of way. And so I get my overdose. (laughs) He he visited once. (laughs) Or something like we, you know, we decided
0: that. Had LeBron gone to college. Exactly. He would have been a part of the brotherhood. Like, oh, gosh, I can't. Well, Candice,
1: I will say this. Last night we worked. And it was the first time the brotherhood was mentioned twice. And I didn't say a word.
2: Because I didn't Because we worked. mentioned that it hadn't been mentioned. Oh, and then it had to come up. <laughs> and then it had to come up.
0: Of but circling
2: back, you know, you've played in a number of huge games. Right. I got some info from TK uh, about a week ago Uh-oh. about how nervous you got before broadcasting your first NCAA game. right? And how, you know, you, you got the butterflies and things like that. Can you compare that to... When you were playing, is it easier? Is it harder?
1: You know, I I think for me, just the magnitude of it and working with Jim and Bill and just and not really having experience. You know, it's one thing, you know, I went in with Kristen and I was nervous and I get to a point when you get comfortable and you get into a rhythm and it might have taken four years to get there. (laughs) um, Right at that
0: four and a half year mark, I feel like we really hit our stride.
1: You know, that first year I was so nervous and I had never done this before. And now I'm working with like like two legends mm-hmm. and people who covered me when I was in college. And many years later, now I'm working with them. And so um, I, I've since then calmed down, but I still get nervous. The same thing when, you know, you go out and play a game, you still have that like nervous uh, excitement, you know, just that feeling, the butterflies in your stomach. Uh, the same thing happens before a game calling, whether it's in the NBA or in college. And even the, the the tournament, you know, in the March Madness, it's, it's, you know, you just, you want to do it right. You want to be on your game. And the most exciting time for me, and we do this every year, uh, Jim Nance does the starting lineups at the yeah. Final Four. And I always tape it with my phone. And it's the most amazing. Kristen can do this, but I couldn't. But he does this <laughs> announce like, you know, starting for... Tennessee, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thanks, because we're not
2: going to be in the tournament, so yeah, so it's yeah. the yeah. only announcement that we'll get. <laughs> it's right. Just pay, my, but it's pay okay. my respects. I appreciate it.
1: And so this big, loud, booming voice is in the arena, and he does the announcements and then, you know, the player intros and the coaches, and then he comes back on TV and throws the commercial. And to me, that's always like the most amazing thing ever, to sort of come back to your, you know, your golf voice and all right, we'll be right back, you know, and just, but anyway, it, 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 I get excited and it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and what's great too is are the stories of these, of these student athletes. You get to really learn about, um, what they've endured. There's really great human interest stories and, and Jim and Tracy are wonderful at telling those stories and and learning these, like this is a, this a spirit that's, that's hard to describe, but certainly a lot of fun to be around.
0: Your story, though, and your moment— I know we've used the word iconic a lot just sitting here right now, but the shot— in 1992, you know every single March that you're going to see that highlight over again. Do you remember clearly that day, that moment, or are you simply reminded because it seems to play on repeat every single March?
1: Well, first of all, it pays to not be too trendy with your (laughs) hairstyle, so when I see that moment, I'm always like, what was I thinking? You know, it was in style back then, so I try to just, you know, keep it classic now, but um...
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing you think of. Yeah, I I, I look at my haircut. Well, but um, also, like,
0: he now, his haircut is worldwide fade. I mean, everybody knows the Grant Hill fade. So then to look at that then, it's, I think you look perhaps even younger now than in that clip.
1: I appreciate that. No, I I, uh, I think the hair, I don't know, something about it just was wrong. I <laughs> thought it looked good then, but looking back, it was wrong. But no, I mean, that that moment, um, I mean, Christian was magnificent in that game. Didn't miss a shot from the field or the free throw line. And Kentucky was magnificent. And 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 so I still get nervous Watching, you know, obviously knowing the result, Um, but it really spoke to the genius of Coach K, where Kentucky hits a shot with 2.1 seconds. He calls a timeout. And in the huddle, instead of telling me or telling Christian what to do, he asked us and he said, Grant, can you make the pass the full length of the court? And I said, yes. And then he asked Christian, Christian, can you make the shot? And Christian said, if Grant makes the pass, I'll make the shot. So now, I, like, there's more. Nerd, there's more yeah. pressure on me now. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, I think, just saying it and sort of speaking it into existence in the huddle. Like, we walked out of that huddle believing that we were going to win. And you know, and, and I'm sure there was more things that he said, but that's what I remember. And and so, um, but nah, I mean, it's 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 amazing that 25, 27, 28 years later, people still remember that. And uh, and so I'm just. I'm glad that that he made the shot.
2: <laughs> no, it, it's it's crazy when people ask. I mean, I played for an iconic coach and Coach Pat Summit. Yes. And when people ask what was most impressive about Coach Summit, it, it's always to me that she would come in the huddles and she would ask us what we thought. And we think of leaders as always telling, mm. but she listened just as much as she told. And to be on the 08 Olympic team, be on the 2012, I was able to, from afar, see the way that Coach K coaches and the way that he kind of flipped when he was coaching professionals. Um, can you tell us what Coach K is like uh, even now and the way that he's kind of had to change with the way the game is changing?
1: First of all, I think there's a lot of great similarities there between Coach K and and, and, the, and, and Coach Summit. And, um, you know, I had the good fortune of meeting her a few times and admired what she did. And And they both, you know, I think, You know, obviously she's no longer with us, but, you know, I think that's, you know, I think that's a a fair comparison in terms of what she accomplished. And she was a great leader. And, you know, coach to me, Coach K, um, it wasn't so much the X's and O's that separated him and differentiated him, but it was his his leadership. And I often say he was a great leader who happened to coach basketball. And if he happened to choose another path, another industry, uh, I really believe he would have been hugely successful. And so... Um you know, getting young men to buy into a common goal, and so much of coaching and leadership is selling and and just like getting people to believe in something and so uh and then to do that over a long period of time, multiple generations you know my generation generation x is very different than this current generation, and so being able to adapt and adjust i mean that's crucial um and you know going from college where you're coaching um you know impressionable 18 19 year olds and now you're coaching LeBron James Kobe Bryant the late Kobe Bryant Jason Kidd you know these are men these are all stars and so you know being able to adjust and adapt in that environment as well um you know he just he he's and, and it, it looks so he's 72 73 years old and he still has that fire um you know he doesn't he can't be as hands on maybe as as he was when he was younger but I'm just amazed that he's still doing it and um, his leadership, his, his ability to empower, to inspire, to motivate uh, and his ability to resonate and connect. You know, Coach K's on Instagram and he probably follows you guys. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'll post something or whatever. And he'll text me and he'll mention the post. Now, he doesn't let anybody know what his handle is, Oh, but he's watching. You know, All and right. but part of it, I saw
2: him and Kevin Durant have some conversations at the
1: Olympics. So that might have something. I like, to that. Do with I like it. that. I think little, KD yeah. was
2: maybe giving him a him how little to make a yeah, yeah, like part, here,
1: Coach K. But part of it is being able to connect with yeah. these young players. Yep. This is how they communicate, this is how they express themselves. And so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just, it's kind of crazy thinking Coach K on Instagram, yeah. but, he, but he's there. Watch out. He's watching. Yeah.
0: He's following. <laughs> you may not know it. Anytime, though, Grant, that I introduce you, I mean, your resume is so long. The things that you've accomplished both on the court and off the court. But you're also a girl dad. Yeah. And you are raising a couple of athletes, I mean, musicians, performers.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> at least the younger one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> Who, though, did they look to now as leaders?
1: That's a good question. You know, I think... Um, First of all, most both of my daughters are, are athletes, and I thought um, you know I thought it was very important for them to see uh, examples of, of women at the highest level and so when we lived in Phoenix we would go uh, religiously to Phoenix Mercury game I used to, you know watch Candace play and can you know, beat up on our mercury yeah. <laughs> from time to time but um, you know to, to make sure they saw that and even now we live in Orlando and, and the Orlando Pride which um, the women's soccer league um you know we go we have season tickets and and we're you know Orlando pride you know groupies and fans <laughs> and and we we go and get autographs i'm down there with my daughters um and so um that's important i think i think in terms of leaders or, or role models i mean i think their mom hopefully their dad um but i think as athletes women in sports you know, my oldest daughter made a whole flip and went from playing basketball for many years to now she's like this huge MMA fan, and it's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. And you know, first of all, as as a as a father of a daughter who is about to go to college, um, learning how to do jujitsu and defend yourself, like I think that's important and feeling comfortable doing that. But that went from that to now she wants to fight.
2: <laughs> but can you tell the story about how when she you were joking around and she puts you oh, in a hold. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So I always mess with her. <laughs> this is the buildup. Yeah. This <laughs> is the buildup. So I was, I, I think I, I told Candace this, obviously I'm, I i have not heard sorry it. Sorry to put you on so, the spot. No, but no. I thought so this was hilarious. We're fooling around every once in a while. We'll fool around and, and I, I kind of go to like try to grab her leg. And so she jumps on my back and I'm thinking, oh, okay, she's on my back and I'm holding her, her, you know, so she won't choke me, you right, know? Yeah. And, and so she wraps her legs around the lower part of my body, and then kind of leans back, <laughs> and I don't—I never felt that <laughs> sensation before. What? But like, I felt like all of this, like my psoas, yes. my stomach, all my everything, just kind of opened up. It's all and I breaking. was like, I was tapping. I was like, <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, what? And, and she's like, she's five-five, maybe a hundred and thirty pounds. Like, she's not a. And so I, I I had a newfound respect, respect yep. for the sport yeah. and for her her <laughs> abilities and talent. But here's the thing, I took her to a UFC fight and I'm thinking, okay, I take her to the fight. She sees it up close and personal and she may decide that she doesn't want to do it. And we go and she's like, oh, I can do this. And so-
0: <laughs> You're almost taking to discourage her. Yes. Like, look,
1: look this is it not going to be easy. But that's what work. I
2: love about it. Girl dads are figuring out that you know the confidence is the thing that you want to instill in yeah. your kids but especially in your girls no and question. to see that and to see that confidence in her ability to me that has to be a positive
1: Candace you 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 nailed it on the head right there I as a kid probably lacked confidence and and that was something that hindered me a lot through my you know upbringing and even into my career in some ways and my daughters are both very different, one's very shy, one's super outgoing, but they're both um, extremely confident. They both are, are sure of themselves. And and that's something as, as a parent, as a father, that you're extremely proud. And, um, and so, you know, obviously as they navigate through life, you know, having that belief in themselves and believe that they can accomplish whatever, And believe that, you know, you can become a UFC champion. You know, it would break my heart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It would break my heart. (laughs) Before we let you go, we like to play games Uh with our guests.
1: All right.
0: This game is going to be called The Inside Stuff. Uh Uh-oh. Well, original, right? (laughs) We should look into that. Perhaps a show. Yeah, come back. Hmm. We want the the inside stuff on your teammates. Okay. Any teammate ever, a college teammate, a professional teammate, or even now... At NBA TV, TNT, CBS, any teammate you've had, us included. Okay. You give us the inside stuff. All right. We'll start pretty easy. The best nickname.
1: Oh, man. The best nickname. Can I say it about myself?
0: Absolutely.
1: So when I was in high school, uh, I started I started uh, high school at 13, and I played varsity uh, as a freshman. So I was very young. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the nickname, this is... It, it's kind of bad, but it's kind of funny. So all the seniors, the nickname was fetus. And-
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. This is the first time I'm hearing this. It's funny, but I'm upset because Grant and I were co-hosts for years, and, he never and said I us. created nickname after nickname for this guy who told me he never had a nickname.
1: No, I, well, I didn't. I mean, I fetus. didn't fetus. I would have gone fetus. with that for yeah, years. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was a little fetus embarrassing. Fetus hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, go- that has fetus. a ring to it. I have a feeling that'll come up
2: again. Oh, it's, t- you know, with the brotherhood. Yes. You know, I can't let that slide. Yeah. Uh, biggest hype man.
1: Biggest hype man, um, Jared Dudley. Played oh. with Jared in Phoenix, and um, he he's a talker, but he's a hype guy. And, you know, it's funny. People look at him now on the Lakers, and, uh, you know, where does he have value? He's not playing a lot. He's on the bench, but he's great in the locker room. He's an empowering guy, positive energy. Super outgoing, so I know that he has a place on that team and a role on that team that's super important for their success. How about the funniest? The funniest teammate, Keon dueling.
0: Okay, I was about, know, about to say, you can't say yourself
1: on this no, one. No, no, I'm not that funny. <laughs> it's
0: like, actually. Um, exactly. I'm not that
1: funny, and and I can't dance, so. Uh, but I like that you still try. I tr- You know what? I do try. I um, like that you dance. Yes.
0: Even I, though you can't.
1: I can't dance. Uh, well, not that new stuff that everybody oh,
0: does. Oh, the TikToks? You know? yeah, yeah, I embarrass I'm my good, daughter I'm good daily. in
1: the 80s, you know, but not any, all that stuff now. You know,
2: <laughs> all right. Um,
0: most likely to get in trouble with the coach
2: or the producer or... You know,
0: but I'm going to guess because I would imagine it's one of our teammates currently was also a teammate.
1: Yeah. Professionally. We, well, th- there's a, a few of our teammates that might get in trouble with the coach or the producer.
0: You might be after this podcast. I might be after <laughs> this podcast.
1: Yeah, especially and Ejack might, too. Yeah. Um, I think um, Shaq. Had to be. Yeah, Shaq. Yeah. I Had think bo- I think in both. I mean, I, I don't I'm not with Shaq. You work with Shaq. And uh, I would.
0: Say that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But then the problem was, what do you do? Like, he's seven feet, he's 300 pounds. Right. There's no one that can. Yeah. What do you kind of like stop? Yeah. You know, I'm like, what do you, you know, I I do have some good Shaq stories, but I don't know if I can repeat them. We would love. To Hear them. At
0: some we'll point. have to find some of the coffee flavored Patron that I'm imagining is still probably sitting in one of these closets somewhere. Hit that after the show and then we'll get into some of those stories. All right, perfect. Sounds good. Sounds I'm being good. told that you have to go do one of your many other jobs. But Grant, thank you so thank much you. for taking the time to come. You're a first, Our first, in-, first studio in studio guest. guest. Oh, wow.
1: And yes. I, I could not have am,
0: asked for someone better.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you guys for having me as your first yeah studio, studio guest. guest i'm humbled and honored thank you
0: you can tell he's used to accepting awards <laughs> oh there you, <laughs> <go>. <laughs> there you go he touches no, his heart I'm on so the right serious. side
2: and everything yeah.
0: <laughs> thank, you. Thank, thank grant. you thank you we talked a lot of march madness with grant you though a two-time champion as we go into March Madness, do you have any advice for some of these men and women that are taking the floor for what could make or break a basketball career? This
2: will be some of the most looked back on moments in your entire life. I still look back at 2007 and 2008, and you can't help but smile. And it, it is about basketball, but what I remember are the bus rides. I remember the, game, the, the media before, the dinners and the feeling you had when you were playing for something that, like, you, you got to really embrace the moment because you're playing for something that could be over if you lose at the end of the game. And so I really feel like you find out who people are beside you, but these are memories you're creating with—it's more than just teammates and coaches when you go through something like this. And so I just wish good luck to everybody that's involved in Mar- March Madness. Do not take it for granted. Mm. Love it. Embrace it. Take pictures. Celebrate it and and good luck.
0: Well, that's it for this episode. One of my favorites, I think, of all time because of you, because of Grant. Huge thanks to Grant for making the time to come and sit down with us. And we'll see you next time on Ledlow & Parker.